Blog Talk Radio. otherwise known as the Lone Ranger Overture. Let's see if we have somebody from Switzerland now. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hooray, you're here. Hooray. How are you, Erin? I made it. Yeah, really yeah. good. How are you? Well, it's not easy. When you think about it, getting to us all the way from Switzerland, that takes a little work. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long distance. There's a whole ocean between us. <laughs> but not when you go up into the sky and shoot back down. Now, I want to introduce this right. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to play music, and we're going to chat, and we're going to talk about a lot of things. So I just want to play a little bit of this because you just came from this beautiful place. Here we go. Sing along. Sit the yellow bishayo, they sue, I still in a 
sitten pakkalaa. Wee gumbaa, nukalamara, jajakata. Second stand. Hey, so what was it like? Was it the, was the music? Did you hear any music like that while you were in Italy? Um, unfortunately, not this time. No, and it's such a shame because I love when you go into a little restaurant or a little a little market and you hear this music playing. But no, not this time. Yeah, no tarantella. No. <laughs> You know what that is. You see them do the tarantella with the handkerchiefs and the whole bit, jump, jumping around. Yes. And uh, yes, no, so, uh... but tell tell the kids and everybody else where you went, what what towns, what you saw. Yeah, so it was really beautiful. We drove from Switzerland into Italy. Um, it's about a five-hour drive. Um, so not too far, and it was really nice. We got to drive along the coast. Um, Did you go through the Brenna Pass? Is, we went through the Gosard Tunnel, which ah, is an okay. amazing, amazing structure. It's, um, it's, it goes right under a mountain. It's the base of a mountain that you're driving through. And wow. It's, it's just How many absolutely miles? impressive. Oof, maybe maybe five miles. Five that... miles underneath. Imagine imagine the drilling that took place for that. Yeah, that could be a bit. Yeah, I think it's about five miles. But yeah, it's it's an amazing amazing structure. It's incredible. Um, and it's and great how, because and how you know, many in lanes? How many lanes? I want the kids to imagine how many lanes there were. Uh, there's there's two lanes. There's two lanes. Oh, okay. So you one, have you get to a coming, little you going. get to a little stop sign. Yep, you get to a little yeah. traffic light, and then it, it's kind of monitored so that there's, you know, nobody's there's no harm in people getting stuck or trapped in in the tunnel. So it's all safely monitored, and of course, it does lead to a lot of traffic backing up. Um, but it's it's better to wait in the car outside the mountain than to have people breathing in these bad toxins in the air from carbon monoxide and things like that and have there be more danger and risk, you know, in the tunnel. Imagine that, five miles underneath the ground. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. Do you get get claustrophobic when you're driving through? Do you say, oh, when are we going to see that light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't really care for tunnels. If they're little ones, then it's okay. But when they're really, really long and a bit narrow, then I don't particularly like that myself. But, um, yeah, but I mean, how of fast, course, especially how when you, you, when you get can out. You go, yeah, do you go 60 miles an hour so you're out in five minutes, or do you have to go slow? No, you can you can go average speed. I mean, in Europe, we use kilometers not miles. So right. we're going about 80 kilometers. So I think about that equates mi- to about 60. Miles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not you're not speeding through there. I mean, it's not very safe or smart to go speeding through there in case, you know, something happens and you spin out or there's an accident or something like that. So you need to just take your time, go easy, you know, stay in and line, so you, pay attention. If you have a- 
if you had a, a young guy, a young girl in the back, a kid, you'd want to keep them busy with with either some kind of activity so they don't keep asking, you know, the big question that all kids ask when they're in a car. <laughs> yes, and we all know that lovely question. <laughs> when are, when are and, we going to um, get there? Are we there yet? <laughs> are we out yet? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so, hey, let's, yeah, it's good to entertain jump, them for sure. What do you say we um, we jump? Well, here I have something here that uh, I I don't remember the song, but I, let's take a shot at it because the title of it is Macaroni and Cheese. So let's uh, mm-hmm. let's listen to that because I mean, obviously, uh, in Italy, it's all about. Well, you're going to tell us more about the food when we get to the other side, but it's kind of about macaroni. Okay, yeah, let's let's hear Here it. There we go. There was a girl who liked to eat macaroni and cheese so sweet. Breakfast, lunch, and supper treat macaroni and cheese. Yummy macaroni and cheese all day. Macaroni and cheese all night. Macaroni and cheese all right. Macaroni and cheese. Like rigatoni, no spam and no salmoni. I'm telling you, no bologna, just macaroni and cheese. Yummy macaroni and cheese all day, macaroni and cheese all night, macaroni and cheese all right, macaroni and cheese. What she smelled it on her clothes, she smeared it on her nose. How did it get between her toes? Only tell them, yes, I want macaroni and cheese. Yummy macaroni and cheese all day. Macaroni and cheese all night. Macaroni and cheese all right. Macaroni and cheese. This little girl, she grew, but she never changed her point of view. She's going strong at 102 on macaroni and cheese. Yummy macaroni and cheese. character in Bean Town. So that was it. No rigatoni, just macaroni and cheese. Oh, and I do love some macaroni and cheese, Tom. <laughs> There's certain things I that do I know love you, macaroni and cheese. You like to get away from carbs, but then you find out when you go on a, on, on a diet and that you're going to say, I'm not going to have any carbs, that all of a sudden you find out that 
certain things don't have any carbs, like macaroni and cheese. You just say, well, this really doesn't have carbs. Mm-hmm. Do you find that your mind plays little games like that? I know it does for me. When I go on a vegetarian diet, all of a sudden pepperoni becomes a vegetable. <laughs> you know, catch my drift, right? It's not? Yeah, it's not a vegetable? Pepper- pepperoni. Everybody knows pepperoni is a vegetable. You know, I'm on a strict yeah. vegetarian diet. And so when you're on a strict non-carb diet, macaroni cheese is not a carb. Yeah, and it's pretty tasty, too. <laughs> so, so when you got through the tunnel, I want to hear descriptions. I think all the kids want to hear what you see when you get through Switzerland under a huge mountain, mm-hmm. five miles, and you come out, and that now you, you don't have to worry about being claustrophobic or smelling those fumes or anything. You're free, you're, now, are you in Italy at that time, or are you still in Switzerland? You're, well, the first thing that you see when you come out is the sunshine. It just radiates sunshine when you get out of the tunnel, and it's gorgeous. So when you get out, then you start to notice the landscape is changing a little bit. You're getting into a little bit warmer climate. Um, you're still in Switzerland for maybe 45 minutes until you get to the border. And then you have to oh, go okay. through customs and you have to you drive through and sometimes they'll pull you over just to check your ID and make sure that everything is okay and that you're safe. Yep, safe, good. Just let them know that you're taking a holiday or whatever it is that you're doing, and you continue on. Give them a little well, wave. It, they're not scary. They're not shy. You know, you just they're just being friendly and making sure that people are are doing the right thing and that they're safe and that they're okay when they go into a new country. Then you well, get into it, and then right. Well, you have to tell the kids it wasn't always like that before. It was really strict before the European Union, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like driving from Massachusetts into New York. It's not the same as driving from one state into another. It's it's completely different um, because each each state in the United States, while it's quite big, um, it's all it's all part of one country. And in Europe, you know, you have to. You have to. You might not go as far, but you have to um, check in and register and and um, and show your passport when when you go into a new country. Um, and that's all over Europe, and it's it's a lot of places when you travel. And um, so it's really normal here that when you come, you know, to Europe and you take your passport and your identification with you, so that you know if anything happens, then they can call your parents or your family and then they know how to identify you and they know where you are and who you are and where you come from. So it's but really it's, it's really a safety measure. Past times they would really take a look, but now everybody belongs to the European Union, is that right? Well, Switzerland is not in the it's not in the European Union. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're in the Schengen, but we're not in the European Union. And so it's it's another group of um, of countries that they're, you know, allies. They support each other in in um, in with jobs and um, using the the euro and monetary um, expertise and things of that nature. So 
they all they're all friendly, but um, Switzerland is still a little bit special. It's it's a little bit separated from the rest of the EU. Um, wow. Yeah, but it's it's great. So then you get into Italy and you see how the trees are really different and you feel the sunshine and then you see the water of the Mediterranean and then you know that you're on vacation and it's really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> well, some people would think being in Switzerland for the Italians, they when they go to Switzerland, they're in vacation, right? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people um, come here to ski in the winter, to go hiking in the summer. Um, but, you know, we we like that heat. So, of course, everybody knows that if you want to get a little bit more sun, then you go south. So yes. it's really common to just drive into Italy more so than them coming, I think, up north well, into the cold Well, you weather. know, as I'm, going, as I'm going through my song list here, I, I thought of an appropriate song for being on a trip. And this is by Judy Pancos. By the way, the other song was by Steve Butler. And if by chance we're getting any listeners, our call-in number is 347-996-3903. And, of course, our website is what, Erin? www.beantownhouse.com. All right, so if you're in the – I won't even introduce the song by its name. But you, you will know, we'll talk about this afterwards, especially when you're in a tunnel and you've got a little person in the back. This just now we're going to play be... a little game called Judy Says. It's just like Simon Says. You just have to do what I tell you to do. Okay, now Judy Says, swing your hips from side to side. That's right. Now Judy Says, do it a little faster. Judy Says, kind of hop up and down. Stand on your head. <laughs> I didn't say Judy says. Okay, Judy says, knock your knees together. Judy says, go faster. Judy says, look really uncomfortable. Do you know what you're doing? You're doing the potty dance. That's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet in that tunnel there's a lot of party dancing going on from kids in the back seat. And I think mommies and daddies do a little bit of the party <laughs> too. <laughs> and, and, you know, why don't you tell the, the kids and even the adults who've never been to Europe that sometimes going, you know, doing the party dance and finding a place to do party 
is kind of interesting because some of those places you have to pay more. It's customary that you pay money. That's is right. Is that true? In, it is true. Um, in, in some countries, they require that you pay one euro or you can also, um, some places you can just make a donation. And what it does is it ensures that the people who are working in the bathrooms are keeping them sanitary and clean for a lot of visitors. So it's safe, it's being regulated and monitored quite often so that you know that you're getting really good hygiene when you go in. And so it's, it's more for the, um, the treatment and the upkeep of, of the facilities because otherwise they can be pretty gross with a lot of people having to do the potty dance and going in and out of the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. A euro? That's what a dollar fifty or something? A dollar twenty-five? What is a euro? That's it's changing all the time. It's um, yeah, I, it, it's it's changing in comparison to the U.S. But it's, yeah, so I mean, it's, it, it, sometimes it's, a, it's sometimes it's the same as a dollar. Sometimes it's more than a dollar. Sometimes it's less than a dollar. So think but about it. You get every here, time, it's all the same. Every time you go potty, it's a dollar. <laughs> Yeah. So you got to be, you really got to hold it sometimes if you don't want to spend too many dollars going potty all day long. Yeah, but when you get in there, then you know that you don't have to be, um, you know, that you're not going to be walking around in a lot of ickiness either. So it's, it's worth the dollar. It's worth the so, dollar. A dollar Pay for the no euro ickiness. and just go. And, and you know, a, a lot of, uh, especially ladies, and little girls have to learn how to not sit down on the seat, right? But if you're paying a dollar, can you sit down on the seat? I think it's up to everybody to make their own choice of where <laughs> they feel comfortable. Everybody has their own way, but um, it is reassuring to know that when I go into the bathroom and there is somebody there who's coming out of the bathroom with cleaning supplies, that does give me a little bit of a little bit of relaxation comfort. <laughs> well, you know, this is, a, this is a great time of year because all the kids are anticipating getting out of school. And this song is just about the opposite, but it's a real good song because it talks that we're going to talk about school when we come back. But here we go. This is Steve Butler again with Back to School. Summertime's over, so now I must take up my backpack, go to school on the bus. This year's gonna be wicked hard, that's what all the kids said. And I heard that my teacher has got horns on her head. Summer vacation, I forget how to add, I forget how to write my own name, and it's making me sad, I got a new haircut for school, oh I comb it won't stay, the whole month of 
thinking about going back to school they're ready to get out of school and go hit the beach that's right and you play they don't want to they don't they're not ready to go back to school exactly and you just got out of school yourself i did just get out of school myself i did because you were a teacher well tell us what it's like at a school one of these our american audience would love to know what it's like for us to be in a school in switzerland what's the biggest difference um, I would have to say, well, I worked at a bilingual school, so that was really an amazing, amazing experience. It was really, um, it was really interesting to see the kids learn and develop two different languages, um, sometimes more than one language. You know, they may have different mother tongues at home, and then they come to school and they're learning English and German, where I you know, in this part of Switzerland. So it was really, um, it was a real interesting test for myself to see how much I could pick up and also, you know, watch these kids grow and develop. It was one of the biggest, um, yeah, the biggest adventures, I would have to say, beyond just being a teacher in and of itself. But to work in a bilingual environment was was really a treasure, really a treat. Yeah, and you got to see kids, as you said, from all over the world come to Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, we had. So you're um, not. Kids so, from, yeah, it's not like you grew up in in Vermont, so it wasn't like going to school in Vermont and everybody was from Vermont. You're talking about a classroom where there's kids from Italy and even Asia and from uh, South America, from um, mm-hmm. all over. All over the world, all over the world, and sometimes their mommies and daddies came from different places, so we would have, you know, mommy at home speaking Japanese, and maybe dad 
was at home speaking Russian or, you know, they're speaking Swedish or Italian or Portuguese or whatever, and then they would come to school and learn English and German. So, and so it was pretty impressive and, to see them compartmentalize all the different languages and still do really, really well at school. It was really amazing. Yeah, and some people here in America are afraid that they want just a kid learning one language so they don't get confused, but that isn't what happens, is it? The kids love it. No. Yeah, they love it. I mean, I think that um, – I guess I would say that if parents aren't already, if they, you know, have a, a native mother tongue from – you know, that, that isn't English, then I would highly encourage them to, to speak to their children in, in their native mother tongue. Um, the kids will, of course, pick it up. Depending on where they live, um, English will always come back to them, but um, it's, it's easier to teach them and have that be a part of their life as they're growing up than to go back as they get older and then have to try to teach it to them. It's just it's very natural and organic for them to take on languages and their brains are just consuming all the knowledge and the information and it's it's really, really wonderful for, for them. And I would say, you know, the earlier the better. Then, um, yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. They can handle it. Oh, I, I love it. You know, can you... Why don't you speak some German for us? In fact, are the ABCs, and can you do your ABCs in German? Yeah, but <laughs> why don't we save the German shot. segment for another time? No, let's save the German for another time. Let's save the German for another time. <laughs> well, you can say Sprechen Sie Deutsch, da? Yeah, da? That's Russian, no? <laughs> I know, but that's what happens whenever I try to speak a foreign language. I always speak Russian. So you can say, so you can say, Hello, my name is Erin, which is, of course, hello, my name is Erin. Then you can say, ich wohne in der Schweiz. I live in Switzerland. Or you can say, ich wohne in der USA. I live in the USA. And there you have it. A little bit of... German. Bravo, bravo, bravo. <laughs> and see, you know, you, it's almost like you take on a brand new character or a brand new personality when you say that. Can you even hear it and feel it in yourself when you speak another language? It's almost like singing. Yes, um, and some can argue that German is not the most uh, mel- melodious language out there, which it's, it's not. It's kind of a brash um, kind of harsh sounding language, um, but yeah, you need to find your own voice. I think in whatever whatever language you learn, and of course, it's not going to sound the same. And you know, but you you find yourself and your your voice through um, your words when when you're learning a different language. And it's it's taken me a little while. I'm still trying to figure it out, but um, it's where your comfort lies with learning a language that's not your own. So it might sound a little bit different, but it's fun. I like it. (laughs) Well, you know, there's all kinds of communication, and you know who John Lithgow is, right? Mm -hmm. Third planet from the sun. Did you know that he does so many children's things? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. He's a man of many voices. This one is about language, but it's talking, say, (laughs) he's not talking to other human beings. Well, here, let's listen. You ready? 
Here we go. Let's see. Some people talk to each other, while others talk to their cats. Some people talk to their mothers, while others talk through their hats. I communicate with nature, with a plant, a leaf, a tree. And I'm always nice to a flower, for they're absolutely perfect to me. <laughs> I always say hello to a flower. Hello, hello, hello. I totally ignore the crashing boar who lives next door for his conversations, silly. Yet I never snub a lily. I always say bonjour to a lilac. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. I'm absolutely mute with a bully in a suit. And I never talk to fruit, heaven knows. But I always say hello to a rose. Yes, I always wave at a window box. If the box is filled with hollyhocks and I speak to the daisies, I think they're swell. Tell your secrets to a daisy, she'll never tell. I always say hello to a snowball. Hello! Hello there! Hello! Look sideways at a stranger, and you put your life in danger. But one can kiss a sweet bouquet a rushing bride has tossed away. Flowers are the sweetest things I know. So when I see a flower, I say... Hello. Hiya, Sim. <laughs> I never shrink away from a violet. Oh, no. No. I say hello. I may be off my rocker, but I never pet a cocker. Yet the dogwood in the park will never, ever bark. I'm always glad to see a gladiola. About a glass. You can stand next to a bush and never feel one bush. Flowers are refined and polite. You know, I've never seen a pansy fight. Yes, I talk to bees and I talk to birds, but they leave me quite at a loss for words. And I never touch a cat while it sleeps on a pillow. But I positively trust a pussy willow. I always say hello to a flower. Hello, hello, hello. Get friendly with a mouse and he'll hang around your house. But flowers never overstay. They stay a day, then fade away. Flowers are the sweetest things I know. So when I see a flower, I say... Hello. Ah. Ah, that's great. <laughs> and it's so nice to see all the flowers coming out now, isn't it? Yes, hi, yes, since. <laughs> okay, we gotta. John likes to keep going when he gets going. <laughs> and, and what did he say about pansies? You know, you'll never fight with a pansy. 
Hyacinth. Now, there's one thing that reminded me of a story you recently told me. Actually, we were on the phone when it happened. He says in the song he doesn't talk to birds, but you were talking to two birds the other day. Do you remember? Yes, I do. And tell everybody what they were doing and why you were talking to the birds. Well, I was talking to you, and the birds were fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were really going at it. It was not nice. (laughs) And so you interrupted our conversation to tell the birds what? Stop fighting. (laughs) That's not nice. We don't fight. So I I tossed a little pebble near them to distract them, and they flew away. <laughs> so you it made your day to break up a bird fight. Yes. And so maybe I know that, some of the kids. Go ahead. No, I know that sometimes it looks like they're fighting and. Maybe they were just being friendly, but maybe they weren't, and it didn't look very friendly. <laughs> so I reminded them that we don't fight and that they needed to stop. <laughs> so, well, that's, that, that, I have to tell all of this, that is Erin. That is all <clears throat> what Erin is about. She's not only about doing wonderful things like teaching school and being creative and being an artist and being funny and traveling and enjoying life and marrying a prince and going off to Switzerland, which we talked about later or earlier on one of the other shows. So look up that show, too, because that is fabulous to hear her amazing fairy tale story of how she went to Mexico and ended up in Switzerland <laughs> and goes to Italy and goes to Sweden in, in Germany and all of these beautiful places that we only read about, most of us. So, uh, <laughs> and breaking up bird fights uh, along the way. Breaking up and, bird fights, yeah. And one of, one of my favorites is um, while you, we were working together on the bean, you saw something at a train station that really upset you once. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Go on, don't you tell everybody what happened that day? Are we are we sure we want to tell? Do we want to go oh, here? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. You can hold back on the language, maybe. But yeah, I think well, it's a yes, great story. How protective you are of things that can't defend themselves, and in this case, it was something that couldn't defend itself. And bada yeah. bing. Yeah, it was really. Um, that was a really upsetting day. I remember it perfectly, perfectly well. There was a. Um, a mother, young mother, who um, who was smoking. She was probably seven or eight months pregnant, I would guess. And um, I don't know what came over me. I mean, I I absolutely respect a woman's rights to her body. I do wholeheartedly. I do. But something came over me that day, and I marched right up to this woman, and I ripped the cigarette out of her mouth, and I threw it on the ground. I couldn't, I couldn't believe I did it, first of all. I couldn't believe that I had the gumption to do that. But I just felt so bad for this unborn little person, and I just... 
I don't know. This woman probably thinks that it was like the craziest thing ever because I think that it's still the craziest thing ever, but I couldn't help myself. And then I was, you know, I felt kind of bad at first, but then I said, no, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. <laughs> More shocked. <laughs> yeah, that was. How many of us would love to see a YouTube video of that one? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's just, oh. again, like, you know, getting into, you know, we can get into all of these discussions with a woman's right for her body and what she chooses to put into it when she's pregnant and not pregnant and all of these things. And I do respect, you know, women's rights and all of these things. And, um, yeah, I just I really don't know what happens. But sometimes that day. there's a limit. There's a limit, right, Erin? Yeah, I couldn't. I wasn't going to watch it. I, I can't stand by here and do nothing. <laughs> Fortunately, it's been the only time that I've that I've seen that. Um, but you know, I've also maybe I have thought of, maybe I have seen it and thought twice about it. But um, yeah, that that day was was something else. Yep. So. Just fabulous, fabulous. Uh, I, I love those stories. Uh, well, listen, let's do a thing here um, since we're on into uh, Italy and, uh, and and everything that goes on there. Um, I'm looking for uh, – here, we'll just get back to this. Here we go. Um, there, when you go to Italy, a lot of the food is sold out, outside, right? What do you mean outside? Well, you know, there's little markets right out in the open. Not unlike – Oh, yeah. I you mean, know, you might be driving along – you might be driving along a little back road or something and – there will be like a it's like a little lemonade stand style table, and you know they might have some some gentleman or some older lady and selling their cherries from their front lawn or some you know lemons or olives or what have you from whatever they're growing in in their neighborhood and it's great it's great it's really nice and you know it's it's not very much money you maybe spend. Two euros, three euros on a big bag of cherries, and off you go. And you know that she probably picked them that morning or or the day before. And it's um yeah, it's really treat. It's really a treat. It's it's one of my favorite ways to eat. Yeah. Anywhere, and, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't mess around over there. And tell tell them about the taste. When I was in Italy, I noticed that the taste of the food. When you bite into a cherry, you bite into a, um, a, a squash, a summer squash, or a, um, you, you know, the, the, there's a, you can not only taste the sauce and everything else around, but you taste the actual taste of the vegetable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm very much one of these shop local, buy local, support local type people. I mean, I grew up in one of these states where that was just how we grew up. And, um, you know, I, that's all, I've always carried that with me everywhere I go. And um, so I try to do that to the best that I can, even, you know, here. And um, I know it's not 
always accessible for everybody, and I understand that there are sometimes challenges and complications to be able to do that. I understand that sometimes that there's, you know, of course, like an economic difference in in canned versus fresh produce, but I definitely encourage anybody, if even if it's just, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays, you treat yourself a little bit on the weekends to something a little bit more luxurious. Um, it's really, it's really, there's nothing better than the power of something fresh, just off the vine, whatever yeah. it is. And you and, can really um, taste it because in Europe, first of all, there's no GMOs, no uh, genetically modified seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, yep. So, yep, and they right. use real fertilizer. I mean, that cow that you see is helping those flowers grow, so it goes full circle, right? Yeah, but I mean, there are still there are a lot of farms. I mean, I don't I don't want people to get the wrong impression that you know that in Europe that that doesn't exist because it does. It is it is still very um, prevalent in parts of the world um, here and you know here as well. But I think that you know in in countries where the the environment is helping the environment um, by you know using the sun and the animal fertilizer and it's all just kind of part of this natural cycle um, I mean everything just tastes better and you know when you're when you're eating meat then you know that you don't feel you don't feel that sick heavy feeling because they're not eating this dense corn like they're eating grass which is what animals should be eating you know and so you feel better as a result of that and um yeah it's great well you know we have a song about a fruit stand like you would see in italy or like you even have here in boston with at haymarket square all the fruit is there and this is a story about a gentleman who owns a fruit store and this policeman comes by every day and never buys the fruit but he squeezes all the fruit and then he takes the mm-hmm. one that he likes the best. Yeah, and it's called Please Don't Squeeze It a Banana by Louis Prima. So it's about <laughs> Italy, and it's about fruit, and it's about eating, and here we go. There's crazy Louis Prima. Here we go. Here he is. You take a me for a fool. You squeeze at this. You squeeze at that. Oh, when 
I'm going to be singing that all evening. <laughs> Don't squeeze at a banana. You know, just now, <laughs> you went there, and you there was a word there at the end that maybe the kids in America and even the parents in America may not know. Moulignon. Did you, you know what that means? I don't think I know what that means. That's an eggplant, and eggplant is very prevalent in Italy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we made some, Bucky, actually, Bucky and I made some eggplant the other day. I heard about that. That with you know, you send over beautiful pictures. That's on our fa- Facebook Beantown Pals Facebook page, and the Beantown mm-hmm. Pals uh, maybe even the t- Twitter page. But you um, you sh- showed all of this food. So when you were there with your girlfriends and you rented this beautiful apartment overlooking the Mediterranean on the Mediterranean on the Italian Riviera. <laughs> and you would go out and buy these things and then tell everybody how you cooked them. I mean, it was mouth-watering to see the pictures. I mean, just really simple, clean flavors. Um, we we had a, a little um, a grill, like not, a, not an outside grill, but one of those wrought iron or the pans, you know, like the grill pans. Mm-hmm. So we, we grilled the... Uh, the eggplant and some zucchini and then we just created a little a little batter for it with some olive oil and lemony or lemon and garlic and then we just brushed onto the grilled vegetables and and that was it which was really nice and then we created a little um, bruschetta which we had with some nice local bread and um so we, yeah, just diced the tomatoes, put some garlic in, put some onions in, some fresh herbs, um, some basil we put in, and then, of course, a little salt and pepper and olive oil for a little extra seasoning. And then you throw that right in the oven, and boom, you get a mouth-watering explosion. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. But it, really, you know, really good. Imagine the big treats at the day that you take the time, and that's what the all of many Europeans do. They take time to sit down and eat with each other, and that's the big part of the day, isn't it? 
Yeah, very much so. And, you know, I think that when people are on holiday, they have this, um, you know, often they stay in these hotels and they unfortunately don't really have the advantage of having a kitchen. And, um, you know, I would certainly encourage, there's all these great facilities and sites out there now um, where you can, you know, rent a little apartment for the same amount that you would spend on a hotel. And, you know, I understand that some people, of course, don't want to cook on their holiday and clean up and all of these things. But, man, like when you're someplace different and you're able to shop at the local markets and see what they have in their shelves. And, I mean, some people will come to Europe and will never step foot in a grocery store. And it's incredible, like, the difference and how few options that there are here in comparison to the States, but yet the food is so amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we we don't stay in hotels anymore because we enjoy that aspect. We enjoy just, you know, cooking together and having a couple bottles of wine together and just sitting, you know, just sitting in the comfort of our pajamas and listening to our music and um, and still, you know, having a fantastic holiday. So it's, well, it's nice. And, you know, you're still cooking local, local stuff, but when you're doing it yourself, then – you just taste it, and of course, you know, it's, I mean, of course you're going to go out to dinner and go out to lunch and, you know, try the food that way, but, um, yeah, I think that there's also something to be said about being away from home and out of your comfort zone and 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 cooking with, um, with local ingredients as well. It's highly recommended, for sure. Well, speaking of your music, I have a little surprise for you. Here we go. Oh, yeah? Because this is your music. You can't really hear it, Tom. Yeah, that's my that's my jam right there. Mercury Queen. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Good rock and roll. Love it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's not everybody's taste, I understand, but uh, yeah, when I hear, when I hear that music, it just brings me to a happy place. Good. Did I get it Thanks right? for that, Tom. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's my stuff right there. Thank you for that. That's great. <laughs> well, I, I play it because recently there's this outrageously fabulous picture of you. And why don't you tell, us, tell everybody about where it is and the story behind that and about one of your musical heroes. Well, I um, we went away for Easter weekend, and we went to this beautiful, gorgeous little town on uh, Lake Geneva uh, called Montreux, very famous for um, its jazz festivals and music, music festivals and um, things, things of that nature. It's, it's right on the lake. It's gorgeous. And I didn't know it, but uh, when we got into town, we see this huge statue. And I was like, who is that? get a little bit closer and I was like oh my gosh no way it's Freddie Mercury my favorite my favorite I couldn't believe it I was like what is he doing in Montreux so shocked and uh, it was really great because he actually wrote his last album in Montreux so um, he was very friendly with the people there and um, he went there to relax and get some inspiration. And uh, so, you know, after he passed away, they dedicated a statue um, to his remembrance in this town for, you know, being such a great part of the community there. So that was, that was rock star. That was really good. That was really good to see. It was nice. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh... You, you, I. It's so funny that how things happen. You were talking. I wasn't a big fan of Queen, though I liked their music. Who doesn't like their music? I mean, we are the champions. There's so much to say in that song, but and but then I was passing through, the, flipping through channels, uh, and all of a sudden there was this documentary on Freddie Mercury and the statue in Montreux, and I got to see the other side of the statue as it pointed out toward the the lake. It was absolutely breathtaking. And so that's what the music you grew up with. And so some of the kids may not know who Freddie Mer- Mercury was and what he stood for and, and and all of that, but you do. So why don't you tell them? Well, I mean, I think that he was very much about the people and good music and, uh, yeah, just inspiration and love. And, um, I mean, some people will argue differently and say it depends because it was also during a time. Um, where things were changing, social scenes were changing, uh, music was changing, but, um, I mean, he lived it, man. He rocked it out, and he's made an impression in, in music and history, and it's 2014, and that song is still rocking hard today. So he That's did something right. Well, right. you know, the words are beautiful. I've, I, made, I made my mistakes, and, you know, it's okay you know, a lot of people feel guilty, and people make them feel guilty about things they did, might have done wrong or mistakes they made along the way. But we, we want to tell kids that, you know, 
yeah, you're going to make mistakes. In fact, you know, whenever I managed people, I always told them, I want you to make mistakes because that means what, Aaron, if you're making mistakes? <clears throat> that you're, you're learning. Trying. Yeah, and you're trusting you're trying and you're learning. learning. I think that it's not just kids that need to remind themselves of that. You know, I think adults sometimes need to remind themselves that it's okay to make a mistake. Sometimes you need to find that that kid in that kid voice inside of you and say, just pick yourself up, dust yourself off. It's okay to make a mistake. It's not the end of the world. And you learn from it and you move on. That's right. And and, and you, you made out. yours. You made yours. <laughs> And then you you learn very fast because now you live with your prince in in a fairy tale land in Switzerland, and you get to do all of these beautiful things. And what would you tell what would you tell your own kids, or what would you tell your students about your journey and the mistakes you made, and yet that you kept going, and you get to live the dream? What would you say well, to I mean, any kids? I think kid? that it's I think that it's I think it's I think it's okay to make mistakes. I think it's good to make mistakes, but um, but it's figuring out how to learn from them and get an understanding the lesson behind the mistakes. It's okay to admit when you're wrong, and it's okay to say that you weren't the best, you know, and it's okay to compliment the one who might be a little bit better than you, and these are all things that that I've had to learn how to do and, you know, say I'm sorry if I've, if I've done something wrong and, you know, it's part it's part of growing up, and it's it's not always easy, but um, it's it's part of life. And um, if you can do these things, then um, then I think that it shows a lot of character, and it's a really really good thing to do. And that's one of our things in Bean Town: is use your bean, trust your heart, build your character, and so in mm-hmm. in not to. When those things happen, to just say, just as you said, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you start all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also, I mean, and I think that it's, it's okay to be the first one to admit when you've made a mistake. And, you know, I think that um, as much as it's, it's sometimes hard to be the one to do that, then it shows it shows a great deal of, who you are as a person, but also, you know, if somebody else comes to you and makes, because they're trying to show that they've made a mistake, if they're coming to apologize, it's also equally important to show forgiveness. And um, and that's, e- well, that's equally important for sure. Absolutely, to forgive others for their mistakes. Well, here's, uh, let's finish off this song. Here we go.
is one impressive video. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's great. And, you know, I think, and he says, we just keep on fighting. That's what we just said. We keep on fighting, and you keep believing in the dream, and you don't let go of it because you never know when you're going to break through. Exactly. And inside everybody, there's that rock star, Right. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's not just the lead singer, it's the drums, it's the guitar, it's, it's not being the front runner, that doesn't make you a star, it's, it's getting onto that stage and shining, however you do it, it's good. Exactly, and one of our favorite, you love her as well as I, and you did a great poster of her, Joni Leeds. Let's listen to her mm -hmm. take on what a rock star is. Here we go. All right. Welcome to Madison Square Park. We are so excited to be here. This is our first time playing in Madison Square Park, so we are very, very, very super excited. And we are going to start with a song that's called Rock Star. I'm a rock star. So do we have any rock stars out there in the audience today? Anybody that likes to play guitar at home? Yeah? All right. So if you like to play guitar, I want to see everybody hold your guitar like this. And you guys can rock it out with me, all right? Here we go. One, two, one, two, three. 
everybody can be a rock star, like she says. Everybody can play the guitar and be that rock star. If that's what they want, for sure they can. I had a blast. You were so much fun. And Thanks so, for having me again. It was so much fun to take that trip with you through the tunnel into Italy, eating all that food, speaking German, talking about kids from other countries, and talking about being rock stars. Fun, fun, fun. You're going to come back and fun, do it again, fun right? Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk anytime. Thank you so much. I'd love so to much. get some listeners. I'd like to get some callers in, too. I know. We've it's got always fun when, when uh, we can people talk to the kids. want to chime in and, and chat, for sure. I'd love That's to talk right. to some kids if they have any questions about what it's like here. I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions to the best of my ability. And if I don't know the answer, then we can follow it up with another call. And then we're going to get some children from Switzerland to call. Yes. Yes, well, we have a couple you, anxious kids over here. You're welcome. You thank have a you. beautiful Bye, day. Bye, Bye everybody. And ciao. Thanks. Bye. Arrivederci. Good. How do you say goodbye in in German? Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen, all. Thank you so much.